everyone. Yes, I do mean you. It's me, Silver Daddy. Are you ready for another exciting adventure, aka trip or trippin' with me? We're about to discover and share some amazing life stories. If I take a few sudden tangent turns along the way, don't worry, because I'll find our way back. Come on, climb aboard, and buckle up, because we are ready to start another great episode of Trippin' with Silver Danny. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Trippin' with Silver Danny, and I am here. In Fort Pierce, Florida. Yes, Fort Pierce. And it's on the ocean. It's a great place to be. Did you know that Fort Pierce is located on what we call the Treasure Coast? And why do we call it the Treasure Coast? Because out in this ocean, in 1715, there was a group of Spanish ships that actually crashed and sunk. But these Spanish ships had millions of dollars of jewels and gold and precious metals all on board. And a lot of those jewels and precious metals all came floating or actually came over to the shore. Therefore, we have Treasure Coast. And the city, as you can tell by the name, it is called Fort Pierce. It's called Fort Pierce because it was built during the Second Seminole Wars of 1835. And it was built by a Lieutenant Colonel, Benjamin Kendrick Pierce. We'll just call him Benny. So Benny built this fort. Now, Benny's claim to fame, if you want to call it a claim to fame, Benny is the brother of a future president of the United States. Now, shouldn't be that hard to answer this week's question. If Benny Pierce is the brother of a president of the United States, what president do you think it is? Write your answer below. Oh, I, why you're going below? You can also like and subscribe if you're watching me on YouTube. So, Fort Pierce is kind of a really famous area. A lot of artists live here. Probably one of the best known artists is A.E. Benny, or Beanie, A.E. Beanie um, Bacris. He's from this area. He was known for landscapes and just a lot of ocean scenes and all that and a lot of the locals actually purchase and have his artwork in his house excuse me they would go up and down highway one selling their art out of their cars out of the trunk of their cars they actually went door to door selling art so alfred was actually a student of Bacris. So this selling this African-American 
self-made art took place from the 50s through the 80s. <coughs> oh. Another important person way back when was a lady named Zora. Zora lived in this town back in the early 1900s. We're talking like 1917, 1920s. And she was the very first female animal trainer. She was one of the first to actually train and get lions and tigers and bears, oh my, me, in a cage together. But she was famous and she had an elephant. And she trained her elephant to walk the entire circus tent on its hind legs. They said when her elephant here passed away, she was devastated. And she walked away from the circus in 1936. So there's a lot of arts and different things that go on in this area. But it's a beautiful area, let me tell you. Reader's Digest actually named Fort Pierce as one of the 20 most beautiful streets in USA. That's a pretty big accomplishment, if you ask me. But also, the National Registry of Historical Places, they have over 14 different buildings in Fort Pierce. So, I mean, you know this place is old. Speaking of old, it is the oldest incorporated city on the Treasure Coast. But they have a lot of things going on here. They have one of the best market on Saturdays. This market is so good. It was named one of the top five farmers market in the United States. But you know, when you have sunken ships and all that, there's also the dark side because there are ghosts in this town. And there's a ghost named Lenny that tends to just appear in a blue fog. And he tends to haunt the art center and that. And many people, have claimed to see it. So you can actually find the ghost. There's so much to do in this place, but what they're doing, I'm not gonna do. It is a huge surfing city. There's so many people surfing. Here, look. Do you see them all out there? There's a lot of people, if you're watching me on Instagram, there's a lot of people that do surfing here at the beach. So we're gonna have a good day. There's a lot of things we have to go do. There is the Navy Seals Museum, which I think sounds very hot. I wanna go there. There's a manatee rescue or place where you can go try to look for manatees, which I was actually certified to scuba dive with them, so I'm gonna go there. And the parks here and the beaches are incredible. As you can see, there's so many people surfing here. It's like a surfing haven. Hey everyone, I'm gonna go to another location. Why I do that, do me a favor, listen to my sponsor, and I'll be right back. We are here in Fort Pierce, the oldest incorporated city. I'll be right back. Hi everyone, I am in my favorite place. 
because soon as you walk in, the smell of this high quality leather overtakes you. Yes, I'm at Leatherworks, my favorite place to shop. They have the highest quality of leather products in the Southeast. No, no, I'm not just talking about Southeast Florida. I'm talking about the entire Southeast of the United States. Their products are the highest quality leather and a lot of them are made right here. And the great thing about Leatherworks is they do not discriminate against size. So even me, Daddy Bear, I can even find things that fit me here at Leatherworks. But it's not just leather, everyone. If you have a fetish, I guarantee you they have the fetish gear that you may want, let's just say. They have a lot of things to choose from. Go online to leatherworks.com. And that's works, W-E-R-K-S. And while you're there, you can check out, they have specialty classes. You know, if you have like a fetish and you wanna learn more about, you can go there and join the lifestyle program because then you get discounts on in-store promotions. Hey everyone, make sure you go to Leatherworks. That's works with W-E-R-K-S and you can buy online. Hey everyone, welcome back to Trippin' with Silver Daddy. And I am still here in Fort Pierce and I am at the Manatee Observation and Education Center. Yes, Manatees, one of my favorite mammals, also known as the sea cow. And the Florida manatee, I think they're famous. They're all over Florida, especially in the fresh springs. Best time to see them is this time of the year in the winter time. So the Florida manatee is actually a subspecies of the West Indian manatee. And the West Indian manatee goes from Florida through the Caribbean, all the way to South America, the north part of South America, including everything in the Gulf, around Mexico, down through Belize and all that. But it is a subspecies of the West Indies. Now, the manatee, what's so important and special about them is they're known as the gentle giant. They are a mammal. So they do have hair. They have whiskers and they have hair on their body. They're very slow movers for the most part. Now a manatee can really haul butt. A manatee can actually swim 15 miles an hour in a short distance. That's like me telling everyone I can walk 10 miles per hour. Yeah, maybe from here to the bathroom. But they really are just a gentle giant and they spend about eight hours a day eating. What do they eat? They eat seagrass. And a lot of the seagrass is actually out in the ocean. So during the daytime, they're hightailing out of here and they're going out looking for food. They'll spend eight hours looking for food and they eat four to 9% of their body weight. Think about it. 
a manatee can easily weigh 500 pounds. If it weighs 500 pounds and it eats 49% of its body weight, well, 500 pounds and 10%, everyone, what is that? 50 pounds? So half of that, they eat over 25 pounds of seagrass a day. When they're not eating, they're resting. So a manatee, we also talk about them, is they are a semi-social animal. What do we mean by semi-social? They don't need to be hanging around with all different manatees all day long. But if another manatee comes along, no problem. They can chill out together. Manatees kind of just hang out looking for food. They're not territorial like other animals can be. Now a mother, when she has her calf, that calf's gonna stay with her for about two years. But once the mating season's over, and they're just like sea cows, like cows. The males are called bulls. So the bulls, after mating season, can care less. They don't need to hang around with mom and the kids. The bulls just go their own way, looking for food. This is what manatees do. They just hang out. But they do need to be in a certain temperature of water. That's why during the winter time in Florida is the best time to see manatees because they need to be in warmer water. And they tend to go to the springs because the springs generate the same temperature of water. And manatees need fresh water to drink. They drink that fresh water from springs. Now on the other side of Florida, there's a famous place called Crystal River and there's the Three Sister Springs. I happen to go diving there with them. The Three Sister Spring is famous. There's a bridge you can stand on and late afternoon, it's kind of like a toll road. You can just stand on this bridge. Here comes one, here comes another, here comes another. By the end of the day, there can be over 200 manatees in a little area of Three Sister Spring. They're a great animal. But the thing is, they can live up to 65 years in captivity. So when I was back in Ohio, when I was a part working with the Cincinnati Zoo, we used to be certified to go scuba diving with the manatees because we cleaned up their poop. We were the poop scoopers. And these gentle giants love attention. Just like if you go to Crystal River and go diving with manatees. They will come right up to you, and they got these small little eyes that look like puppy dog, eye, puppy dog eyes, and they just look right at you. They just want you to rub the allergy and barnacles off of them. But don't, because once you start, they will pester you and keep you wanting you to do it. Because they're slow movers in water, kind of like the sloth, the sloth in the water, Allergy tends to grow on them, and they like to have that brushed off their bodies. You know, manatees, like I said, they have these really small brown eyes, but they do have a membrane that goes over the eyes when they're underwater. They can actually use that to see underwater. It's like their goggles. 
So they do have vision underwater. And right behind their eyes, they have real small little ears. But they don't have like earlobes or anything like that. They have small ears. And when they have the two nostrils on their nose when they go under on water, that all seals up. Do you know manatees can actually stay underwater for a couple hours at a time? And like I said, they're mammals. The only real difference on bone structure is the manatee neck, the vertebrae in the neck. Most mammals, including giraffes, only have seven vertebrae. The manatee only has six vertebrae. And their flippers, if you look at an x-ray, looks just like your hand. I'm telling you, these gentle giants are a treasure that we have in Florida. Unfortunately, in the wild, in the wild, they only live to about 20 years of age. Because in the wild, there's these things called boat propellers. And boat propellers cause major damage to the manatee. One of the coolest places I got to visit if you're ever on the other side of Florida, go to the Tampa Zoo. The Tampa Zoo actually has a manatee rescue center where they bring in manatees that were hit by boats that have big gashes in their body and they operate, sew them up, treat them, rehab them, and get them back out into nature. My favorite thing about Florida, if you live here, get a manatee license plate help save our Florida manatees. They truly are a special mammal that lives here in Florida. As you can tell, I like my manatees. Hey everyone, I gotta take a break. And while I go to break, please listen to my sponsors and I'll be at another location. I'll be right back. Hey, don't forget to subscribe and hit like. Stop! Just like the sign says. I just thought of something. You know, if you're going on vacation and you need someone to watch your pet while you're gone because you don't want to put them in that, quote, pet spa or in that cage, I can help. Or if you have an elderly family member that you take care of and you need a fun-loving silver daddy there just to have fun with them and watch them, while you're running errands or have to work, I can help. Or if you just got that job and you're moving from Miami to LA and you got like two cars in that U-Haul that you have to drive, I can help. Just send me an email to trippinwithsilverdaddy at gmail.com. Now, if you have to like clean those leaves out of the gutter, I can't help, sorry. Just saying. Hi everyone, welcome back to Trippin' with Silver Daddy. And I'm still here in Fort Pierce. And I am standing right outside of the United States Navy SEAL in the UDT Museum. UDT, Underwater Demolition Team. Very interesting unit of SEALs. Because they actually do some very dangerous things underwater and they were very important during the world war ii now every branch of the military had different divisions 
that did explosives or recognizance, if I can say that right. But the UDT is the only division of any of the military that still exists today. Yeah, they did some very interesting things. We all know that the Navy SEALs were some of the first that landed in D-Day in Europe. But when it came to the Pacific campaign, it was a total different campaign than invading Europe and then going through all the cities of Europe. In the Pacific, the primary problem that we had is that there was all these coral reefs around all these islands. So the decision was made in order to invade Japan, we would island hop. Now normally island hopping can be fun, but not at wartime. So Japan had all these islands out in the Pacific that they were controlling and the U.S. was trying to take them over. Well, most islands have reefs around them. And the problem with reefs, like here in Florida, the Spanish found out back in the 1700s, you know, it sinks boats. So the UDT unit, it was very important because they would go out before the invasion and they would scout the reefs and they would chart everything on charts what the depth of the water was. This was important so we know where the boats could go to get to shore to let everyone off for the invasion. But it had to be done under secrecy before this all happened. So that's what the SEALs, the UDT, UDT team did. Not only that, they had some very interesting and special equipment. They had an original underwater kayak like an underwater canoe that actually worked. It was called Sleeping Beauty. And then not only that, they would transport men on this raft that was ran by an electric drill. Think of the things that they were able to do. But it was a very important part of World War II that helped the United States. Now this location here in Fort Pierce is actually one of the original frogmen training sites. So we're right by the beach and they were, this is where a lot of the training for frogmen take place is in water. Frogmen, they're out in water. But the museum itself is very interesting. I'm hoping you're watching on YouTube. And if you are, please like and subscribe. They have a mock training course that is used. Now, a lot of the Navy SEAL training is done out in California now. You know, the Atlantic Ocean isn't cold enough. So if we want to really chill their asses, let's put them in the Pacific and see how they do. If they can last the Pacific, they probably can last anywhere. But they have a training course and there's all these boats out here that are old Navy, Navy boats. And then the museum has everything from movies, artifacts, anything you can imagine. But one of the things that emotionally attaches me here is there is a beautiful statue. And it's known as the Medal of Honor statue. And 
The Medal of Honor statue, you know, it was basically Michael Thornton. It's modeled after a photograph of him. And it's when he was carrying a wounded Medal of Honor recipient, Tom Norris, off the battlefield. And the statue really tells us the importance of being able to make sure your buddy gets home. It's a beautiful statue that stands outside. And it also has the names of the individuals who were awarded the Medal of Honor. And the Medal of Honor in the United States of America is the highest military honor award for personal acts of valor above and beyond the call of duty. It is presented by the President of the United States in the name of Congress. This is the most, the highest award you can get. And it lists the individuals who have received this. When I come to places like this and I realize what these people have done for all of us, I am just lost for words. It's very emotional. So I find coming here very emotional and very interesting to learn a, a unique part of our history. Hey everyone, if you are in Fort Pierce, please come to the National Navy UDT SEAL Museum. I'm gonna take a break and I'll re be right back at another location. Hey, every time I go out on location for tripping with Silver Daddy, I always have people who ask me, am I selling these tie-dyes? You know, I make them myself. Everyone is unique and different. And I think I'm getting ready just to do that. It would be a very limited edition. And I'm kind of seeing what you guys think. If you're interested in buying a limited handmade tie-dye from Silver Daddy, send me a message to trippinwithsilverdaddy at gmail.com. Remember, there's no G in trippin'. So let me know if you're interested in tie-dye. Hey everyone, welcome back to Trippin' with Silver Daddy. I am at Jack Island Preserve. And Jack Island Preserve is located in the Indian River. It is an island, a marsh island. Not just any island. It is about 1,300 acres of an island. And it's all a preserve. And on this island is the marsh rabbits. Marsh rabbits are very hard to find anymore in Florida. You know, the name tells you they live in the marshes, but unfortunately, there's an apex predator and then a, a predator that never used to be here that now is hunting these rabbits almost to extinction. 
and that's the boa constrictor. But this preserve is a really unique area. It is a mangrove forest, a mangrove island. Mangroves are so important to the South Florida and the shoreline. And I'm gonna talk about that in just a few minutes because there's three types of mangroves you need to know about. Real easy, black, white, and red. That's the three mangroves. But mangroves grow along the waterline. If you're watching me on YouTube, this is the walkway that comes over to the island. And these are mangrove trees on the edge. Mangroves are very important because they keep the erosion of the land. So when you have all this water and you have wind and storms and hurricanes, all the greenery you see behind me is all mangroves. It keeps the land from washing away. That's why mangroves are so important. It's also, as I mentioned earlier, when I told you certain trees cannot be cut in Florida, the mangrove is one of them. So, and then earlier we talked about the sea grapes and the mangrove is the next one. It is a plant bush tree that cannot be cut down by state law in Florida. And why the mangroves are so cool? Because they live in like salty water, brackish salt water. And the mango tree actually has produced a very unique way of doing things. Like I said, if you are watching, see way up here, there is a yellow leaf on this mango tree. And on every so many different branches, you're going to see a leaf that is kind of yellow. The reason for that yellow leaf is the plant is able to take all the salt that it is sucking up through its root systems and it takes all that salt and it sends it to one leaf. It sends everything that's poisonous to the plant, the salt, to one leaf. So the plant is actually sacrificing one leaf that will die in order for the rest of the plant to live. Nature is amazing. Nature can do things on its own if man just didn't interfere with it. I love being out in nature. There's so many cool things you can learn and it just makes you feel good. Who doesn't wanna feel good today? I'm feeling really good, but unfortunately, this is the end of this week's podcast. Hey everyone. Before I close out this episode, you know how I normally always close saying, hey, love, peace, and respect? Before I get to that point, I have a few things I would like to talk to you about.
Yes, I do mean you. You. And that is how much I appreciate you. And I want to thank you for either listening to or watching Trippin' with Silver Daddy. It does mean a lot to me. I also need your help because as a Silver Daddy, I'm not really into the social media stuff like people who are much younger than I am. I need your help in getting me more followers, subscribers, and likes. So that's the one thing you could do is make sure you always subscribe, follow, and like all my stuff on social media. Then copy and paste my shows or anything and send it to your friends and say, hey, go check out Silver Daddy. I would deeply appreciate all that. And also, there's a lot of people I need to thank on a regular basis. And also, I want to share with you some of the information from today's show. And maybe about the places or the people I've talked to or just things that I think you should know. So in doing all that, I need to roll some credits. And one of those credits is going to be how you can help me too. Because if you are able to make a small donation to the show, it would really help. Let me just tell you, to produce one show, just to produce one show, it would take about 25 people to donate $10. That's what it would take to actually, for me to go someplace, produce a show, and get stuff ready. So what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna roll some credits to share some information with you. Now for me to roll the credits, that means I need to actually leave and roll the credits. I can roll the credits, because I don't know how else to do it. I'll be right back. I will. Thanks for watching the credits, and we are officially ending this podcast and this episode. As I always say, love, peace, and respect. You've been watching or listening to Trippin' with Silver Daddy. Bye!